Welcome into the Pursuit of Manliness podcast, where we are vigorously equipping men to pursue biblical manliness. My name is Jarrett Samuels. I'm the host of the podcast. Men, as always, thank you for making some time and listening to this podcast episode. If you are new to the show, uh, we do an Out in the Garage podcast just about every Friday. Typically, I'm physically in the garage, but in the last couple weeks of December, there's so much going on. Uh, personal life, professional life, logistics, etc. There's just not enough margin to record the episodes out in the garage. So I'm in my office right now. It's where I recorded last week's as well. I wanted to make sure uh, these episodes aired. So this is an audio only podcast. Uh, we do three episodes per week on the Pursuit of Manliness podcast. Monday is typically an interview. Someone, again, I find interesting, wrote a book, has a ministry, Something in life that we say, hey, that's, that, that is something we need to find out more about. On Wednesday, we have a Quiet Life podcast. We just focus in on aspiring to live a quiet life. And on Fridays, we walk through the Bible, left to right. And it's, it's not a deep theological dive. It is highly application-based. We look at the fact these are real people who lived within a real space and time, who had some real challenges just like we do, but there's... A question we have to ask, and that is, what do I do with that? In particular, today we're going to look at uh, Exodus chapter 3. This is Moses in the burning bush. Perhaps you've seen this. Maybe you've seen uh, the coloring page in your kid's Sunday school class, or you had one, or you know those amazing flannel graphs, and maybe the teacher even had it on like a popsicle stick and moved it back and forth. I don't know. But here's, here's what I do know. This would have been incredible. Where does God show up at to get Moses' attention? At work. Moses is, uh, he's shepherding, he's taking care of flocks. How did he find himself in this situation? Well, let's back up. Exodus chapter 2, he's born in a time where all the babies were to be, all the baby boys were to be killed. His mother says, I really don't want to do that. And so she raises him as long as she can, eventually puts him in a basket in the Nile. When Pharaoh's uh, daughter comes down with her maidservants to, to bathe, she notices a baby that's crying. Moses' sister is observing all this. Moses, or Pharaoh's daughter says, bring that kid out. She sees the baby. She has pity on him, which we said last time would have been incredible in and of itself. She finds just happens to find someone that's willing to raise this child, which would be Moses' mother and, and, and father, I believe, and he's raised in a, a God-fearing home in the midst of a time where there may not have been many people who were God-fearing. They had spent a substantial amount of time uh, not walking with God, living in Egypt, and more than likely observing a lot of Egyptian ways um, of life. He one day goes out and sees an, uh, an Egyptian beating an Israelite, says, nope, not going to have that. Beats the Egyptian to the point that he kills him, buries him in the sand. The next day he comes out, two Israelites fighting, goes to break it up. They're like, you're going to kill us like you killed the Egyptian? Pharaoh, word gets back to Pharaoh. He says, I'm killing Moses. Moses says, I'm out of here. Takes off. He's now a shepherd. Okay, we fast forward a lot of that story. Uh, Exodus chapter 2, if you want to check out uh, that first portion, we're in Exodus chapter 3 today. Uh, it's just simply the burning bush. And for a lot of people, if you're familiar with Scripture, in particular the book of Exodus, when we get to this point, you're like, yep, I know. I want you to consider two things. The first is this. God gets Moses' attention at work. What kind of attention does God try to get from you at work? I don't know what you do for a living. I don't know where you work at. I don't know your culture. I do believe every man should work. Uh, I'm not 
I'm not banging the drum on anything other than it's not good for men to have downtime, especially time that's unaccounted for, and I think men need to provide. If your wife makes more than you and that works for you guys, great. That's fantastic. But you need to carry your own share of the load. Actually, your own. You need to carry a major share of the load. It's good for us to be providers. It's good for us to uh, be able to be counted on that we know we will provide. Moses is a provider in the fact that he's going to take care of some flocks. I don't know what you do. I don't know what your job is. I don't know where you work. I don't know if you work by yourself, work from home, travel. Man, I I, I know we have a large military uh, following here with pursuit of manliness, guys that are active and veterans. We have a large number of military, uh, sorry, I said military, first responders, guys in various aspects of there, people who are um, varying degrees on the front lines. We have a large number of blue collar workers, guys that, you know, drive trucks, work in, you know, a factory, your load, you're doing physical work, whatever. We have a large number of guys that, that do that stuff. We have, we have a little bit of everything, man. We really do. And so I don't know what you do for a living, but I do know this, whatever you're doing for a living can't, cannot be your identity. Like that's dangerous when that happens. But I do believe God uses our work to get our attention about him. What we don't want to do is be guilty of going to work and kind of thinking I put on my work hat and then I leave, I put on my my God-fearing hat. And you know, you see this like Peter, James, and John. They're 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 fishing, right? They're they're catching fish. Uh I'm gonna say they probably had a decent fishing business and, and uh Jesus said, Hey, come follow me. What do you do with Matthew? Matthew's sitting at a tax collector's booth, uh, making hand over fist. He says, hey, come follow me. Meet Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus is a chief tax collector. He's like CEO of tax collectors. And he said, uh, salvation has come to your house today. And Zacchaeus is like, you know what? Everybody's getting their money back. And it's a wonderful life moment with Zacchaeus, right? Like we're just like repentance has come. Salvation is here. God called Moses in the thick of it. You're in your HR meeting, you're in your training on how to say the right words or wear the right things or make sure you say this or don't do this or act this way or don't respond this way or here's some things we need to make sure you are becoming aware of. I mean, ad nauseum, these things exist all across the globe, okay? And I believe there are believers in Christ sitting in rooms, in chairs, thinking, how do I respond to this? What's What's... What's required of me? We said last week we serve a God who specializes in remember. God, what do you need me to remember about you right now? And I think in the midst of it, I think in the thick of it, as Moses is is doing right here, it's good for us to remember. Remember God put Adam in the garden to work it and to keep it. Work is a good thing, and we, we do it ultimately for the glory of God, right? It's good for us to work. It's good for us to do that. Uh, Colossians chapter 3, verse 23, whatever you do, I don't care what your job is, Chick-fil-A, truck driver, doctor, um, guy was just here fixing our uh, HVAC furnaces, whatever, (laughs) thankful for those guys. You paint things, you're a plump, I don't care what you do. Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men. We should be the best employees that our jobs could, could ever have. 
should be such a good employee that the human resources department says, how do I get more of you guys? I've said before, I'm pretty certain my very first ministry, not that the Lord didn't call us there. I know his hand was in it 110%, uh, but I'm pretty sure at least somewhere in the minds of that those elders and pastoral staff that was in that room interviewing my wife and I, and I had no experience. Uh, I The most experience I had was her father was a pastor. But I think part of why we got hired was she had a brother-in-law about 20 minutes. She had. She has a brother, my brother-in-law, about 20 minutes away who was crushing it, and they thought, we're getting one of them. His work ethic, I think, kind of swayed them a bit. We, we should be hard workers. I'll say it again. If you don't want to be the best at what you do, you should probably do something else. I don't see in the pages of Scripture God calling lazy people, people who are cheating. Now we see, you know, again, we see Jacob trying to, you know, make his way and do that. That's a whole different story. The goats and the striped and the, the dress like your, your, your brother Esau and all that, that's a whole different story. Okay, that's not us. But I, I, I do think if, if you want God to, to move in your life, remember that we are to work heartily, ask for the Lord, not for men. As if God is the one signing our check. God is the one putting the direct deposit in our bank account. So here we have Moses out tending in the flocks of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian, and he led his flock to the west side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire. Out of the midst of a bush, he looked, and behold, the bush was burning, and yet it was not consumed. Moses said, how about that? I'm going to take a look at that. Verse 3, I will turn aside to see this great sight, why this bush is not burned. Now, to my understanding, it's such a dry place out there. It would not be completely uncommon to have bushes that were on fire. I have a little brush fire that's going there. But this bush wasn't burning up. This is different. And when the Lord saw, he turned aside to see. That's a little easier said than done. When the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called to him out of the bush, Moses, Moses. And he said, here I am. Then he said, do not come near. Take your sandals off your feet, for the place on which you are standing is holy ground. I want to go back to that sentence. When the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, the Lord had Moses' attention. Note, God did not speak to Moses in this instance until he had his attention. I've been guilty of this. I want to lead with that. But I believe there are guys who will say, I just don't feel like God is speaking to me right now. I just feel like he's distant. I haven't heard a word from God in a long time. I feel like I'm just kind of wandering in the wilderness here. And uh, boy, I could use a good word from the Lord. The question may be, does God have your full attention? Have you ever spoken with someone about something important and you realized they're not paying attention? 
you're having a conversation. You think maybe if I say this word, maybe if I change the tone of my voice, maybe if I change my body language, I'll get there. And you realize they're not really he- all the way here. They're not paying attention. How does that make you feel? I tell you that for twofold. Number one, if you're going to work hard, make sure that when someone's talking to you, you're paying attention. Number two, how do you think that would make the God of the universe feel? Knowing that he's want, he desires to communicate to you something of great importance, but he doesn't have your full attention. You're distracted. Now, Moses isn't trying to go back to Egypt. He's not like going, well, I wish I could get out of here. I just moved back home. It's so much easier. Nope, nope, nope. That ship has sailed. As a matter of fact, he's going to go back, but he's trying not to go back. No, in this instance, without even realizing it, Moses is now giving God his full attention. He said, I'm the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look at God. God says, I I see what's going on. You're, You're the guy. I see what's going on. And I'm about to raise you up to do something quite incredible. Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? Let me put that a different way. I don't want to go back to Pharaoh. I don't want to go there. I will die. Moses is like, who am I that I could go back? Like, No, the heart is, yeah, I don't want to do it. God said, I'll be with you. I have, I'll be with you when you bring the people out of Egypt. I'll be right there. Moses said, I'm going to need some credentials. My name means nothing there good. My name means nothing good there. I can't draw, I can't name names. Nope, that's over. Verse 14 of chapter 3, God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, say this to the people of Israel, I am has sent to you. That would be the first time in a long time that the people of Israel have heard a word from God like that. I, I, that would be the first time that they had something refreshing. Even if they don't understand it, what this communicates is there is a God. He sees you. He has not forgotten about you. I am the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, and there is no one equal to me. But it sure feels like Pharaoh has taken your place. Yeah, I get that. That's that's over. That's over. He says, you tell them, I am has sent you. What does that mean? I'm everything you need me to be. I'm everything and more. The alpha and omega, the beginning and end. I am in full control of this. I have no challengers. I am, I am, I am completely independent. I, I don't need, I, he doesn't need Moses. He really doesn't need the burning bush at all. He could just pluck them right now, the nation of Israel, out of Egypt and be like, okay, we're done. But there's a story being told, and we get invited into the story of God. We get invited to that. And I tell you that because here's the heart of this week's Out in the Garage podcast. Number one is God desiring to speak to you where you work. 
where you park your car most of the time, who, whoever pays you a direct deposit, whoever puts money in your bank account. Are you honoring God in the place where he has placed you to work? And you say, Jared, I'm, I'm fixing on quitting there. I'm, I'm, you know, whatever. But today, are you honoring him in that? And if you're not, you need to repent of that. Don't steal from God. And we steal from God when we, we do him a disservice in our work. Our work is a form of, of worship and how we do it and the heart we do it with. So we start with, is what is God trying to get your attention about at your work? And the second part of that is, does he have your full attention? The same way if the CEO of your company, if you have one of those, walked in and said, I want to talk with you about something, and you looked at him, but you kept looking out the window, he's going to say, you're fired. You're gone. I'll replace you or not. It doesn't matter. Your CEO, your boss, your human resource person, whatever, they wouldn't tolerate that. God isn't either. What is he desiring to talk to you, speak to you about where you work, and does he have your full attention? Now, there are times in employment, I've been there. No matter where you work, there are times in your employment that there's an issue or something that comes up. And it feels insurmountable. It feels overwhelming. And it feels like, you know what, the easy thing to do is just quit and go to another place of work. I want to remind you, Moses is at his work. He gives God his full attention. He notices this bush that's not burning up. And God says, we're about to do something incredible here. Why? Because I am the great I am. And I promise I will bring you out of the affliction. I promise that I'm going to bring you to a place where you're going to sacrifice to the Lord. I promise, Moses, I'm going to do something in you and through you that you can't even fathom right now. And there's going to be a whole bunch of people, Moses may or may not know this, who are going to be fired up about this, cynical about this, angry about this. It's going gonna, it's gonna to go the whole spectrum. There are going to be a whole bunch of people with all different emotions. But I'm going to tell you right now, I am a God who declares the end from the beginning. And we're going to go through some stuff. And I'm never going to leave you. I'm never quitting on you. As a matter of fact, I'm going to show up even greater every day, and I'm asking you to do the same thing. What's going to happen? Well, eventually Moses is going to march these people right out of Egypt. Eventually, he's going to get them to the promised land. He's going to do, see God do signs and wonders that he never would have fathomed could have happened. All because he's willing to give God his full attention. Perhaps some of the challenges you and I are facing in our life, in our work, in our marriage, in our parenting, in our worship, in our, our, our involvement at church, our involvement in our communities is based on the fact we're not willing to give God our full attention. Perhaps the challenge is, I need to turn my face back to God. Maybe I need to kick my shoes off wherever I'm at right now, put my feet on the ground and say, God, this is holy ground because it's yours. And I want, I'm, I'm asking to meet with you here. I'm asking you to help me remember how good you are. I'm asking you to help me remember what you desire most in me and what you want to do through me. You have my attention at work. 
You have my attention at home. You have my attention at church, wherever my feet tread. And God, when you don't have my attention or when I'm lacking or I'm easily distracted, create a burning bush moment in my life to get me back to where I need to be. We get a few more guys who are willing to give their full attention to God. Look out. Look out. You got a guy who's providing well in his home, trying to love his wife well, trying to love on his kids. Look out. You got a guy who walks in your church to get involved and invested, who has given God his full attention. Look out. That's a game changer. And I don't know about you. I want to be that guy. I want to be the guy who has given God his full attention. I want to be the guy who has turned his face towards God and said, "You speak to me wherever I'm at, work, car, garage, wherever. And when you do, I want to be disciplined enough to be a guy who turns my face towards you, expecting you to speak to me in some way. Amen. Consider that, guys. That's enough for now. We're this is Exodus chapter three. Take take a look at this chapter. It, just like two, it, it, it's it's loaded. And one of my favorite parts of this is when you get to the very end of chapter three. God says, "You're going to plunder the Egyptians. Anything going on in your life, our culture, your town, whatever that you say, boy, I could see. I, I could really use God." to show up in some way that we get a victory. Plunder the Egyptians. Amen? Think about that. Hey, man, thanks for listening. I appreciate you guys who subscribe. Appreciate you guys. who I know it takes a couple more steps to go to iTunes, leave a review. I think it's encouraging for others who are checking out the show to say, okay, hey, this is what other guys think about it, whatever. But I'm going to be honest. I really appreciate it because I love it, especially if I can figure out your name. Some of you guys got some quirky names on iTunes. But when you leave a review and you say, hey, this is what I think of the show, this is what I appreciate about it, man, I appreciate it. It's an encouragement to me. And you guys who send emails, pursuemanliness at gmail.com that give feedback, whether it's the episode on Monday, Quiet Life Wednesday, or out in the garage on Friday. I always appreciate it, man. So thanks for listening, and let's keep pursuing biblical manliness. Mm-hmm.